In today's episode, I interviewed Jared Getz, an impressive business owner in his early 30s. Jared has an incredible story to share. He made his first million by the age of 21, lost it all by 23, and then by never losing hope and focusing on the inner game, he made it all back and more, building an e-commerce empire. He's currently the founder and CEO of Zendrop, which helps business owners more easily create and grow their e-commerce business. Our conversation today is really focused on the inner journey. Jared shares his story, the highs and lows, and the mindset tools, meditation practices, daily routines, and more. All the things that Jared has done to increase self-awareness, which in turn has led to a life of abundance, wealth, and prosperity. I'm excited to share this with you today, and it all starts now. I'm Kara, and welcome to Soul Inspiring Business. I believe that all of us possess unique gifts and talents that allow us to serve the world and our own growth in the highest possible way. Our lives are an expression of our thoughts, beliefs, and actions. And here, we will explore businesses, thought leaders, and topics designed to inspire, helping propel your own growth so you can live your best and most purposeful life. Welcome to Soul Inspiring Business. Well, welcome to the Soul Inspiring Business Podcast. Today, we have Jared Getz on the podcast and very excited to have you here, Jared. Welcome to the show. Well, you pronounced my name right, so great start. <laughs> awesome. Um, I did my homework, so on you. Um, but I'm really pumped to have you here, and I know our listeners are going to be uh, super excited as well because you actually have a podcast called The Modern Soul Podcast. So to all of our listeners, uh, that's a great one to check out as well because um, Jared and I have similar views on um, spirituality and the inner game and as it relates to our business. So I'm curious, what was your impetus in creating that podcast in your own words? You know, I, uh, I went through a little bit of a journey um, that a lot of people are going through where, you know, we're so connected on social media and we're seeing other people's lives and we were always subconsciously like, Oh, if I only had that life or that person's things or that ability to travel or whatever, I'd finally be happy. And, um, you know, I was one of the lucky few to actually attain a certain level of success to attain some of those things only to realize that's not what like, that's not what brings fulfillment uh, and happiness. And it's, I've also realized that, you know, it's more about who you are that you have to focus on rather than what you have to do to be successful. And I wanted to also be able to interview other people that have had success, right. And have a well-balanced life and see what goes on inside of their heads. So it kind of started as um, just a passion project. I never, you know, meant to turn the podcast into a business or make it into anything big. It's really just to, kind of help others see the inside worlds of, you know, fascinating people. Hmm. I love that. And, and I actually have one of your rules to live by that's on your LinkedIn profile. And I love this because you said you will always want more, no matter how much you have, you will never reach a finish line. Life is always going to be a journey to reach higher levels. What is important is that you learn to love the journey. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I still have to remind myself that every day. It's not like I like wake up, I'm like, haha, I'm back on the journey. It's like, you know, we all wake up and we have these, all the problems from yesterday start flooding. 
and then you get distracted and now it's like technologies everywhere so you have 62 notifications when you wake up and it's like it's really good to remind yourself that all right you're here right now this is part of your longer story your longer journey you're going to look back and even if it's stressful right now you're going to look back and either laugh at it or reminisce on it so what's the point of not enjoying right now and letting go of those you know negative emotions and mm-hmm. um yeah i love that quote i i on my morning walks, I try to remind myself of that, you know, on, on I have to remind myself of that on a daily basis. Yeah. And I think that's an important thing for our listeners. And as you mentioned, you know, because of the way that social media is, I mean, nobody's going to put all of their dirty laundry on social media necessarily. Right. So we're all kind of operating in this perfection of what people, we want people to see to some degree. And so it's a reminder that, Hey, we're all human and we're all have even if we have on the whole better days, we still have bum days, you know, too. And it's always an evolving process. So, um, you know, how do you stay grounded or do you have a ritual for, I don't know, having that reminder on a daily basis? Yeah. So I always try to remind myself that it's more about, um, you know, focus more on who I have to be than what I have to do. Um, because, it's really about getting yourself into an emotional state that allows the right thoughts to flow through. So if you feel, if you wake up and you feel stressed and you feel lack and you feel scarcity and you feel, you know, down, like what kind of thoughts do you think you're going to produce? And then that leads to, you know, more failures, which leads to more stress. So if you could start your day reminding yourself how to feel good, how to feel abundant, how to feel joy, how to feel love, then that emotion produces the thoughts that you need to move forward. So for me, a ritual that I like to do, um, I go on a walk every morning. I mean, my morning routine has changed. It's like, you know, certain people say, do this, do that. My thing is like, you know, try it all and kind of figure out. And it doesn't always have to be the same for six years. You could change it up every few months. But as of lately, I've been going on uh, walks in the morning. Um, you know, I'm fortunate I, I live on a golf course. So I have a nice walking path with nature and you know, a lake. And, um, you know, I, I basically, I have a, a sequence of songs, like one that gets me in a nice grounded, you know, opening my heart, feeling joy and love. And then I start to feel pumped. Uh, and then I'm like, you know, I start to think about my future self and I know I had success in my morning routine. It was really personal, but if I get goosebumps, so if I literally feel so good that I get goosebumps, I know that I started out my morning, right. And I don't have to think about what do I have to do today? I know that it's going to flow to me. So that's kind of a, a, a ritual that I, yeah, definitely a personal ritual. That's cool. And you know what? You're the second person I've talked to more recently that has actually specific songs that they use to actually get them into that emotional state, you know? So I'm curious, what songs do you have or does it change? It, it definitely changes. Um, I don't even know, like, I, I went to a uh, Joe Dispenza meditation retreat and like some of the music he was playing in the beginning of his meditations, you know, I, I somehow found those songs. And then I go into like some more mystical, like I'm on an adventure and then like, you know, maybe some like hardcore, like rock or hip hop to just get like energized and pumped up. Uh, but it, it, it changes, but like, I probably use the songs for like a couple months each. Yeah, no, that's cool. And, and I think, um, you're right that sometimes even, you know, meditation doesn't have to be sitting on a floor and like meditating and, you know, kind of, 
it can be, but it could also be like a walking meditation, like you, like you said, you know, where you can get into that different emotional state. Um, so I'm imagining you've probably listened or looked at a lot of like law of attraction type, um, material because some of what you were talking about kind of sounded like that in terms of how do you raise your vibration into a place where you're just feeling good in your day and then it's naturally going to bring in inspired thoughts and, you know, so what kind of, um, material or, you know, law of attraction, how would you describe law of attraction? Yeah. Well, I think like how you feel the frequency you put out, the vibration you put out creates your reality. It creates your thoughts and anything was once a thought like an iPhone was once a thought, you know, Mm -hmm. this call was once a thought. Now it's real. Right. It's it's from our thoughts and the frequency creates the thoughts, which creates the reality. And you could go way deeper. If you want to like dive into the spiritual side of things or dive into the scientific side of things, yeah, I mentioned Joe Dispenza. He described it really well that your frequencies exist in a higher dimension. And by tapping into them, you you pull those types of things into this world here. And, it, you know, everyone believes different things. But I think bottom line, if you focus more on, on your emotion and how you're feeling, and you can't just, the other thing is too, like you can't just be like sitting on your couch, you know, watching TV, like shit, why can't I fix my emotions? Like you, get, you have to do something physical. You have to get up, go for a walk, go for a run, work out, you know, but if you can get yourself in the right emotional state, it creates the right thoughts, which creates your reality. So that's kind of my high level take on the law of attraction. Yeah, that's really good. And I think you're right. It's about like using your emotions as almost a barometer, you know, of where you are on the scale. So if you're feeling good, then like do more of that. And if you're not, then figure out how you can fix your, you know, turn or pivot into a place. And it doesn't mean you're going to go from like sadness to joy, right? But you can go yeah. from like depression to indifference, you know, like it's a, yeah. a process. And, and you don't, you don't have to always be like in, in this amazing mood all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's fun, like, we just, I, I had mentioned to you, we had just moved from Florida to Texas and we had, we were selling our house and like the deal fell through, but we had already moved out and we turned off the electric and the water And like the house was, you know, 95 degrees and the landscaping was dying. And we were in a little Airbnb with two dogs and like we each had a suitcase. Uh, And basically it was like, it was extremely stressful. And, you know, and it was, but it was a really good lesson that like, this is part of the journey. You know, it's like, I'm going to look back at this. And I reminded myself that I'm like, I'm going to look back at this in like a year and, and talk about it. Here we are talking about it. And I just practiced let it like feeling the emotion of stress and then just letting it go. And the more you could practice that feeling and let it go, the easier it gets. And then things start to flow through you and you don't get so caught up on those negative emotions. Mm -hmm. No, that's, that's really good. And I think what's really cool about you. So is you have, um, you know, you're, are you 30 right now? 30 years? Yeah, 30. Okay. So you're just 30, but you have, you know, built and grown a tremendous amount of wealth at just the age of 21, right? You made your first million. Um, and then by 23, you lost it all, right? And then you had to build again. Um, and then, you know, so you've kind of gone through this at a, at a very, I think most of us would would say that's a pretty incredible thing to be by age 30. You've, you've you know, built um, or, or made a million dollars 
lost it all, then built it all back and more, um, and have kind of found this path. So what do you attribute some of your journey to? I mean, how did you kind of have that drive? What, what drove you in the beginning? Um, I think it's, well, in the beginning, it was just like, uh, probably, uh, un, unattributed confidence that I shouldn't have had. Um, but I think it's not so much about the drive when you're in a good mood. It's about like continuing when you want to give up, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, there's so many times where, and also like, you know, in the beginning, like m- most people were like, you know, that's not going to work or you should just go get a job. You know, and it wasn't my reality either. That was the other thing. Like I grew up with uh, you know, a single mom in a, in a one bedroom apartment, only child. So my reality wasn't like, you know, businesses succeed. It was like a dream, but uh, you know, I, I, when I was, I remember I was, it was kind of stupid, but when I was 16 years old. I saw a young guy driving a Lamborghini and I was like, man, I want to be like that guy one day. Now I realize that that's not what I want to be like, but at the time it kind of drove me. And um, I just think having the, you know, having the, the ability to push when things get really low, when you think you're at rock bottom and realizing that like, okay, it's not that bad. And as long as you keep moving forward, you can't fail literally. So I think it's, it's not so much about like, how do you stay motivated? There's many ways to stay motivated, but it's more like, don't give up when you feel like you're getting to the end. Mm, yeah. Well, and how did you come back? Cause it, I read that at age 23, you were, you know, you had nothing and you were facing debt. And so how did you, I know, obviously you just kept going, right. Following your own advice, but walk us through that. And then how did you build again? Yeah. So, you know, it, it basically I was, I was throwing concerts when I was younger in school. Um, and we, we did this big show on a, on a, uh, campus at, uh, Amherst. It was a, you know, on campus arena, big show. We didn't know anything about budgeting or cash flow, or, you know, we just were selling tickets and buying things and selling tickets and doing this. And, um, the show cost way more than we expected. We didn't sell enough tickets. I lost everything. Um, there was this kid who invested 50 grand. He was like a trust fund kid. And, um, and I couldn't pay him back the 50 grand, even though I had a contract, his trust fund manager was basically made him sue me. So, um, well, before all that, I, I basically, the business went down. I went and I moved back in my mom's place mm-hmm. and, um, and I was definitely really down because I had built up this ego and self-image that I was this successful person. And then here I am with nothing living in my mom's apartment. Um, and I, I ended up, uh, I read the book called The Way of the Peaceful Warrior. I actually just started reading it again. It was one of like the first books that I read that was, because uh, it was an easy read. It wasn't one of those, bo- it was like a story. Mm-hmm. And it got me thinking more about like caring for myself. So I started running, you know, going on walks, thinking more, fe- trying to feel better. Um, and then a random opportunity came out of the blue. You know, I had done a lot, but I had nothing to show for it but I had built up a little bit of a reputation. So a startup company called Yik Yak, they were very popular. Uh, well, they, they reached out to me before they were very popular uh, when they raised their series A, uh, they raised about $10 million and they wanted to market to college students. And they asked if they could sponsor my shows, but I didn't really have any shows. So I was like, you know, you're better off doing this. And then they're like, Oh, do you want to talk more? And we talked and then I ended up getting on board Yik Yak as one of the first employees 
at a, you know, a, a high level of shares. The company grew to a you know, $450 million valuation, but that was like the next ride and the next part of the journey. And I, I never saw it coming, but it, I don't know if it's coincidence or not, but it, it came into my life once I started feeling better. So once I you know, started reading that book, going for my daily walks, you know, learning to start to treat myself easier. And that's when that kind of next opportunity came, which, you know, then I learned you have to kind of roll with the momentum. So that's when everything else came after that. So yeah, I guess to sum it up when, when things were low, I just kind of focused on myself and feeling good. And then an opportunity that I never expected came literally knocking on my inbox. That's awesome. And, and I do think that's sometimes how it shows up right now, having had more the experience of seeing that these kind of seemingly random, seemingly, you know, they, they do come at a time when you're most ready for it. Right. And if you're not open to the opportunities, like one of the affirmations and just kind of beliefs that I hold is that I'm always in the right place at the right time to meet the right opportunity. And that I know when that opportunity comes, you know, when I need to move quickly. And, you know, I think that to your point, like when you are in a place where you kind of expecting more good things, the right opportunities show up, but you still had to say yes to it, right? You still yeah. had to work it. It's not like right. it just magically appears. And then, you know, um, it, like you still worked for it and you still worked at it clearly. You still have to have an opportunistic I, you still have to see opportunities, but it's like when things seem really bad, it's like the next thing's right around the corner. You just can't see it yet. So you might as well feel your best in the meantime. Right. Yeah. That's super great advice. Um, and then now you founded, um, you're the founder of Zendrop. So now you're working to help other business owners and entrepreneurs, um, you know, create in the e-commerce world, correct? Yeah. So I, um, basically the way that that kind of came about, I was, um, I was kind of another kind of crazy story. I was living in Los Angeles with my now fiance, Madeline, we were together in a, you know, in a apartment in LA and grinding and I was selling products and, um, I just discovered drop shipping. Uh, and I was like starting to build a store. Uh, and it was, it was going okay. And then I, I went to my first like personal development event. I went to UPW, which is a Tony Robbins event. Mm -hmm. And I learned a lot about energy and like my vision and I wrote out my vision and I really tapped into the vision and we moved from LA to Florida. And that was like maybe two or three days after the event ended. And on that drive, I, I swear to you, I'm not exaggerating, literally on the drive, the store that I started went from it was doing maybe like 500 to $1,000 a day in sales. To the first day on the road, we did about 2,000 in sales. Next day, like 7,000. Day after that, like 15. Day after that, 35. And then by the time I got to Florida, my store was doing $50,000 a day in sales. What? And, and it, was, it was insane growth. That store grew from zero to $2 million in 60 days. How and it was- that? It's like, I don't, it, again, it could have been a coincidence or I could have tapped into something, right. but while I was driving, I was, I was getting myself in this great mood and I was thinking of all these great ideas. And I also hired a couple of people to help because I was going to be driving for five days and the, the ideas kept flowing and I just, you know, would make a couple of calls and try, 
and things i was literally showing madeline my phone i'm like mike don't tell anyone about this like this is too good to be true and then like the next day it was better anyway so that was drop shipping and it, it really changed my life it changed my financial ability uh gave me a lot of freedom so i got into teaching other people how to sell online we built a you know an info business we had about ten thousand students um but it, i also didn't want to be the e-commerce guru but i had built the whole business around it so i'm like what do i do and so then we started building zen drop so we can pivot to building uh, a software solution as opposed to me teaching mm-hmm. and like selling people on these dreams and like most of them not getting the dream so it was like i didn't want to be in that position but i had this whole company around it so we we started zendrop really to substitute that business and create something much larger and we, yeah we started that uh, a couple of years ago now yeah and that's awesome because again you were following kind of the inspired guidance to you know, create something bigger and it's about, um, getting the guidance, but then taking the action. Yeah. It's like just trying to feel good every day and like feel the guidance and then, yeah, take the, feel the inspiration and make things happen. Right. Right. And that's a balance. I think sometimes because, you know, it was interesting. I think there's like two different sides, um, where one is like, you have to grind, grind, hustle, 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 grind, grind, hustle. And then the other is, well, just like feel good and flow with it and listen to the flow. And I think it's, I don't know what you're, I'm interested in hearing actually your take on the balance because it's a, I think sometimes people get mixed messages because they are like, okay, well, hustling and grinding all day long is hard. And that's not, going to be sustainable in the long term, but then just kind of like living in flow. What does that mean? Right. And like, is that really going to, you know, you still have to be like selling and taking action. So what's your, yeah. what's your take on that? I think, um, Robin Sharma from the 5am club says it great in his book. It's about intense periods of work and intense periods of rest. Um, you know, I also think it depends on where you're at in your career. If you're just getting off the ground, you have to grind more. But once you have a lot of things working for you and you want to make less but more impactful decisions, you want to live in a more free state of mind so that you can make smarter choices. Um, I definitely think it's a balance. I mean, you know, I I say I walk around in the morning, I try to feel good. It doesn't mean I'm not working, Mm -hmm. but I I am intensely working typically from about 10 a.m. to about 2 p.m. I have my calendar full of calls uh, and then I'm, I'm always thinking so it's like when you when you overwork yourself though you get yourself into a state of being tired and you can only make so many decisions in a day so then you start to make suboptimal decisions which lead to suboptimal results which has a detrimental effect on your self-esteem to make future decisions so you need that intense period of rest to regroup and recoup your energy so i definitely agree with you it's certainly about balance and Oftentimes it's misconstrued, uh, you know, in today's social media, you see it's, you know, work 18 hours a day and don't sleep or you're going to fail. And it's like, that's just going to lead to mental health issues, I, I believe. Right, right. And to your point, like decisions that are just not clear, like subpar decisions that it then becomes a cycle and you've got to figure out a way to get out of that so that you can, um, I think really kind of more clearly follow the inspired guidance or the bliss or what's, what's going to 
you know, that, I guess, inspired guidance, you know, that's going to move you through the day and to the right decisions, I believe. If, if you think, I, I'll ask you actually, I don't, I don't know what your answer is, but when was the last time that you had your phone off for more than 24 hours? Well, that's a good question. Actually. I, <laughs> that doesn't happen very often. <laughs> yeah. And like, if you think about all the greatest people in our history, well, most of them, they lived before the age of consistent notifications. So they were able to think through singular problems for a long time. Now it's consistent distraction. Then you throw in the dopamine enhancing social media and you get sucked into it during the day and it becomes an addiction that no one really talks about. Mm hmm. I, I turned my phone off for two days, like a few weeks ago, and I uh, went on a camping trip. And I, it was incredible how recharged I felt. Yeah. And that, that was the first time I turned my phone off in years for yeah. like more than a couple hours. No, that's so true. And I think um, a lofty goal for myself. Now, I will say over the 4th of July weekend, I did have my phone away and I had somebody kind of watching my business. And that was... I don't know, probably one of the first times that I've really not like got on my computer or done a lot of stuff because I'm in real estate and, you know, real estate is, uh, yeah. you know, an instant kind of business sometimes. Yeah. Um, but I will say you're right. It's about having also better boundaries and systems in place so that you can take time off to recharge because, you know, most things, unless you're in an operating room or a doctor or something like are not life and death. It's just, we make them into that. Um, and so having perspective on that and some time away, I think is a really good yeah. practice. And, we, and we've, the thing is though, but we feel like it is life or death and like it gets, we're in an age now where there's so much that oftentimes, at least myself and people I've spoken to, they have this feeling of like a low level of anxiety that they don't know where it's coming from. And it, it's like, cause there's so much going on behind the scenes. Yeah. So like you said, with having the right systems and structures, if you're able to, you know, get yourself organized to where a thought goes somewhere and then you sort it out later and nothing's being lost. So it doesn't have to live in your brain. It eases that like ambient feeling of anxiety. Yeah, no, that's a good idea. And, um, what kind of systems do you have for that? I'm curious. Yeah, I'm actually personally pretty bad with my personal organization. Um, but I have a really good team luckily. <laughs> Um, but no, but on a real note, um, the book, getting things done was a game changer for me. Uh, it, but it's by David Allen. He also has a podcast. Um, and there's a software that goes along with his system of getting things done called Nirvana. And the, the gist of it is basically anything that comes up, you throw it in your inbox in your, on your app. And then once a day you go through your inbox and you either, if it takes less than two minutes, you do it right there. If it takes more than two minutes, you put it into the next actions item. If you're waiting on someone, you put it under waiting. And if it has more than two steps, you make it a project and then you let write out all the steps. And then everything lives there. And the key is to use it though. I'm not very good at using it. I'm, yeah. uh, but again, it's, you know, that's yeah. not one of my strengths I'd say. Well, I have started, I will say, um, emailing myself tasks because then I'll, it'll just jog it so I can like, 
forget it. Cause half the time there's just so many things that are coming at us so that we have to do. So I'll do that or I'll, you know, send a voice note. Like I was driving today on the road. And so I was sending a voice, a voice uh, memo to my assistant about something I needed to get out, you know, just so it's like using the time and using technology in a way that serves you so that you can, you know, move the ball forward. Right. You should check out Nirvana. I think you'd like it. All right. Cause you could even send an email to a specific email address and then it puts it in your Nirvana inbox. Oh, and then if you're, if you're like on the move, you just, you know, a little, Hey Siri, remind me of this. And then when you get home, you look at what you put in there, then you type it into Nirvana and it all lives in one place. Oh, cool. Check, check it out. Yeah. I think you might like it. Good. It's thought. Like definitely it a month. It's, it's, okay. There's tremendous consumer surplus. It should be worth, it should be more expensive than it is. Oh, awesome. Definitely going to check that out. And that's a good one for our listeners as well. So, um, and any, um, no, I know you mentioned visualization, um, at the beginning and kind of how, do you have a practice of visualization? Um, what does that look like for you? Yeah, I actually think it's, uh, it's really important to have a, a very clear vision, not a broad vision. Like I want a bigger house or I want to travel more, but like, extremely crystal clear. I think the more crystal you can make it, the more, the faster it'll become reality. That's my belief. Mm -hmm. Um, but before you make your vision, you have to make sure you're in a high energy state because if you're in a low energy state, it's hard to come up with the best version of your life. Uh, sometimes when you're in a low energy state, your mind could tell you that certain things are, you know, certain short-term pleasures are good ideas. Like, if you're trying to lose weight, but you're tired, your mind's like, you should eat that ice cream. It'll be great. And, but if you were in a high energy state, you're like, hell no, I'm not eating that ice cream. So same thing goes with making your vision. If you're in a high energy state, you feel really good. And that's when you write out your vision. That's the, the version of yourself you should trust. And that's the one you should latch on to. So my advice on, on vision is actually, I'm, I'm very big into this. Because that, that's what we practiced a lot at that UPW event that I went to before that five-day drive that changed my life was really, they did an exercise there actually, where you basically, you imagine yourself as someone that cares about you a lot. Um, someone that has no ill intention, that isn't hoping you, like someone in your family, your mom or your aunt or whatever, someone that just cares about you. And you imagine that person like, vividly walking up to your future home, you know, looking in the driveway, looking in the neighborhood around, walking into the house, looking at the pictures on the wall and admiring everything and loving it. And then looking, you know, walking upstairs and admiring the home and then walking into the bathroom and looking in the mirror and then it's you. And you're like the whole time it was you, but you put yourself in a position of someone who actually loves you as opposed to yourself that has criticism. And that exercise although is more powerful, you know, in person at an event was the first time I think I ever had a very crystal clear vision of what I wanted my life to look like. Well, and I got goosebumps as you were talking too, because I think that's just, um, you know, having a really powerful vision for your life and, and being crystal clear on it, I think is one of the most important things and the best exercises that anybody can do for them as a gift to themselves. Because, um, if you don't have that, then where are you going? Like, what does it all mean? <laughs> you know, right. you're just going in, in surface. Right. And, and you're and it, constantly struggling between 
your mind and your true self. My mind wants that. And my true self wants that. And it's a constant battle. There's no linear envy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're right. I think, you know, getting yourself into a high energy state when you're creating that, I mean, I've done this exercise before and literally just, you know, writing, it's literally just taking a journal and starting to write, but what kind of, um, I know you mentioned that process, what areas of your life do you fill out in that vision? Like how do you walk through it? Well, I'm definitely thinking of like my future self, right? Like I imagine, um, what my, my family life is like, uh, where I live, what I feel like, how I act, my habits, my routines. Um, and also like how I break bad habits, like being aware of them. Uh, but actually a cool exercise that I came up with, I could take credit for this one is uh, a journaling exercise where you're writing about your future self, but in between each sentence you're doing some form of workout. So I'll do like, you know, today I'm going to focus on feeling like this and then I'll go and I'll do 10 pushups and 10 squats. Then I go and I do the next, you know, um, I'm going to change my habits of doing this today. And then I go and I do the pushups and the squats and it's 10 lines and 10 sets. So your endorphins are kicking, you're in a high energy state and you're also not rushing through the writing because you want to take a break from working out. And by the time you're done, your brain is clear and you've already, you know, gotten some nice oxygenation and blood flow to your body. Um, that's, that's a cool exercise that I like. That's a good one. Yeah. And I find after any kind of walk or exercise, you know, you're like, when I come back from a walk, cause I'm a big walker as well. Um, and I like to do a lot of, you know, thinking and, um, I, I call people that I just like talking to on walks too, just to kind of get into that better space you come back and after you're, you know, then your blood's pumping and you're just in a better mood. So that's a perfect time, you know, to do your writing. And as you mentioned too, that's a cool way too. So you can segment it and continue to kind of build. Um, because I think one of the most important things is just for, you know, people to just start just to start writing, you know, and to do it in a, when you are in that higher energy state, um, And I think, do you come back to that regularly or what does that process look like for you? So if I didn't have a system of, of what I'm writing each day, I probably wouldn't do it because myself in the morning is not the same as myself at night or myself right now. My tired self in the morning could could easily convince myself not to do something. So I do go back to the same journal each day and I read the day before to kind of get my mind flowing. What can I improve on from the day before? Um, I don't really look through the whole thing often, but I do flip through the, like the last few pages to be like, okay, well, I said I was going to do that yesterday. Did I do that yesterday? And it, it starts to spark a proactive reflection. Whereas, you know, most, most people don't even have any reflection and most people are reacting immediately all day. Mm-hmm. So by going back reading what you said you were going to do the day before thinking about yourself the day before, and then writing what you're going to do today or be today or feel today or feel in the future is a proactive approach to reflection, which is really the only way to make improvement. But most people react immediately. They wake up on technology within the first few minutes, realist. Some people maybe 30 minutes an hour. Um, and most people are reacting to emails, to other people's problems, and then it's the same vicious cycle. Like 
you know, they eat breakfast, they're, they're reacting to emails, trying to do things, and then nothing changes because they didn't take the time to reflect on how they acted the day before. Some people do. I don't, I don't want to say everyone, but mm-hmm. it's very common that people are extremely reactive. So by going back to your, your writing the day before, reflecting on, did I do that? And really actually thinking, because that's another thing that even like the younger generation, like people just don't think anymore. They can't think more than a 10 second span without getting distracted. But thinking and reflecting on your previous days, I think is a really powerful exercise to improve yourself and feel better. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think, um, you know, what I think is impressive about you is that you're just very intentional in everything that you do and that you create. And uh, I think that is, um, is clearly one of the reasons that you've experienced the level of success that you have, you know, that you're um, looking for ways to grow and improve yourself. um, And not just, you know, not just about what's around you and the, and the physical things, but how can I just be better as a person and how can I grow in each day? Uh, And that's really um, just very evident from talking to you. And so uh, I really just thank you for your time. This has been really great and uh, loved learning from you. Any final thoughts or words of wisdom for our listeners? Well, I, uh, I'm glad we finally got to connect. I know it's been a, a while. Uh, definitely, These kind of conversations are very energizing. So I, uh, and they're also reflections of all of the thoughts and you know, day-to-day interaction. So it's, it's healthy to have these kind of conversations. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think it's, um, it's just great to meet other, you know, business leaders like yourself that are, that are a living example of what it means to, you know, create, um, peace and, you know, more Zen in your life that you can live a more balanced life and, create big impact in the world and grow wealth, right? It doesn't have to be a sacrifice or one or the other. It can be all of the above. And I think that's possible. And you're proof of that when you have a clear vision on what it is you want and how you're going to move about to get there. Um, And more importantly than anything else, just focusing on feeling good today, as you've said, you know, so thank you again um, for anybody Uh, that has not listened to the Modern Soul podcast. I want you to check out Jared's podcast as well um, because he's a a great leader. And if you enjoyed this, I know you'll enjoy his uh, podcast as well. So thank you again, Jared. Thank you. Loved being here with you today and would love to connect with you more over on Instagram. My handle is linked to the show notes or you can just type in at Kara Chafin Donna Frio. And I have something special for you as a free gift my dynamic life journal. This special book has the power to really help you live a soul inspired life. Go to free gift from Easy to remember free gift from Until next time, beautiful people sending all my love.